Hi, everyone. Welcome to Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Omnicron Mike Feeney. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going through it. We are struggling right now. Um, again, this is the third episode in a row that I'm doing this solo without a producer. Um, this time, now I have Omnicron. Before Nicole was exposed, now I have it. So I'm doing this podcast not only solo, uh, not only without an audio engineer, a video producer, or anything like that, but as a person with a virus that has killed millions of people raging inside of me. So am I a hero? I mean, sure, yes, the answer to that is. But like, what would be the point of doing it if I didn't tell you guys that? I have to let you know, and then that way you go, oh, this guy is overcoming adversity. We should tell some friends about the show. So welcome to the podcast. I'm sorry that I sound this way because I also feel this way and I don't want to sound this way and I don't want to feel this way with the virus. So, uh oh, you know, there's nothing I can do. Um, and I will say this about COVID, the second time having it, part two, and kind of sucks, you know? Caught it Tuesday. I'm recording this on Saturday. Caught it Tuesday through Thursday. Um, really just sucked ass the whole time. Would not recommend it if you don't have to get it, um, which you do have to get it, and you will get it. Believe me, you will get it. But I, I wouldn't recommend it. It's just not the best, you know, of all the like things that have started off this year. This, and this is how I know that I, I am just never supposed to exercise. I went to the gym January 1 and January 3rd, and I was like, that's it. This is it. I'm in my groove. What did I say I was going to do last year, guys? I said I was not going to get into a gym routine. And then like a sucker, I'm like, you know what? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm going to just secretly get shreddo. And then, you know, against my better judgment, I go to the gym twice. Next thing you know, my body's like, you're done working out for some time. We are going to give you a disease. And it has. And so I'm man enough to admit it, but it is what it is. So... People, I just want to say that people cancel doing their podcast if it's raining out, all right? I, I am powering through, again, solo, fully not even a little bit recovered from this disease, um, but I'm doing it because I am dedicated to the show that, frankly, not enough of you listen to, but maybe this will be the turning point. Maybe this will be my flu game. Is this my Michael Jordan flu game? Holy shit. Well, let's get to the cocktail. Because there's been some exciting developments on the cocktail front. Number one, and I know you can't see this really because the ice cube is a giant white orb. Um, maybe, Nicole, you can do a little punch in on this. This will be also me giving directions to Nicole in post while recording this. So you guys get to see if my desires are met uh, in, in the real product. Because I'm going to be like, Nicole, punch in on this. And if there's no punch in... She's not watching. So uh, I want to try and get, this is a, a glass my cousin got me for Christmas. How cool is this? This is the, it's an official snarky glass. So this is the official drinking glass of snarky going forward. It's, uh, I'm just going to try and hold it straight because I know she's trying to punch in and she's like, God damn it, stop moving. Um, but you're not going to really be able to see it. Maybe later on as I get more of it. But so what are we drinking today? Now listen, I'm sick. Shouldn't be drinking, you know? Absolutely shouldn't be drinking. But it's the show. 
So I have a fun concoction. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass out during this. I'm not well, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm drinking Pedialyte, okay. And maybe just a maybe just a little a little a little of the good stuff, you know, a little pinch of that sweet Russian liquor that's clear and about eighty percent alcohol uh, or forty percent alcohol, eighty percent proof. No, the other way around. Which is it? Nicole, look it up. Um, it's just mixed berry, Pedialyte, and a little bit of vodka. So we're cooking, and we'll see if this brings me directly to death's door. And I have a little backup of it, too, a little shaker of extra in case I run out, because it's quite yummy. So that's what's going on in my world, gang. I'm just here, you know, kind of quarantined for the next few days. And it sucks, because a lot of people are asymptomatic, so they can be productive while they're stuck at home. I'm not. I'm at home and not feeling well. And so I can't be productive and I can't leave the house. So fuck, you know, uh, canceled five spots this weekend. But you know what? That's what you got to do. When you get COVID, you just got to kind of curl up into a little ball and say, hey, that's what it is. And, you know, I knew I was going to get it. I knew I was going to get it. But the whole month of December, I was going, I was picking up so many spots in the city while comics were dropping like flies. And I was you know, going to uh, going to Seattle and going to Virginia and going to Mohegan Sun. And I'm like, just let me get it after Mohegan Sun. That's all I want. I just want to make sure all my road work for December gets done. And then my beginning of January is wide open, ripe for the picking with sickness. And sometimes if you pray, if you pray enough, God will answer your, your prayers. And uh, I mean, I'd, I could have prayed to not get it at all, but I wasn't specific enough, and that's on me. Uh, I should have prayed not to get it at all. I just said, please don't give it to me until after Mohegan Sun. And then they were like, Mohegan Sun's gone, and now you're fucked. And so that's what it is. And it is what it is, and it is. And so let me get into um, Mohegan Sun, because what a, what a weekend. What a, what a way to wrap up a year for me. Um, number one, and I have Nicole texting me on a side note, which is pretty cool because she doesn't know that I'm recording this right now. So, you know, that's a fun little thing. Um, so here we go. We're going to put this on Do Not Disturb so Nicole can't distract me from, you know, the what's happening right now. Um, Mohegan Sun. I go to Mohegan Sun with Erica because this is like a good time. Like, you know, we're going to have fun. You know, we're going we're gonna to spend. I don't want to bring in New Year's Eve alone in a casino by myself with an Omicron breakout go exploding all over Connecticut and New York. So it's like, you know, it was great. So we had, we had our friend watch the dog and, uh, which was sad to not have G, I won't lie, but it's always great to reunite with the dog. The best part about dropping a dog off is when you pick them back up. Cause that's like, it's like a soldier coming home video, you know, it's real fun. So night one, we go great show. And I go, let's just, let's take it easy. This is December 30th. So I go, let's take it easy tonight. All right, the show was great. Let's have a few pops. And then that, then we'll call it a night. So we're drinking. The show's over by 9.30. We're drinking, we're drinking. Next thing you know, it's midnight. And we go, you know what we should do now that we've drank enough? We should gamble. So we decide we're going to go gambling. Erica's not a big gambler. She likes to gamble, but not big gambling. So she's like, I'm going to go play penny slots and get some of them free drinks. 
which is always so fun because that's what casinos do. And it is funny that casino folks, casino cronies, should I say, are always think they're one-upping the casinos, you know, because they were walking around with champagne flutes on New Year's and people were like, look at these suckers giving us free champagne. And they're like, I, I had people in casino being like, I took like seven of them. Like, the, I, I'm getting one over on them. It's like, well, you're paying like $1,000 a night to stay here. And also, guess what? The more free booze they give you, the more likely you are to make some terrible gambling decisions. So, hmm, you know? So we decide we're gonna go gamble. Erica does penny slots. I go into the poker room. Now, let me tell you about this poker room. I love poker. I consider myself a, a decent poker player. I have not walked out of that room with money in years. Anytime I ever, I stopped playing at the poker room because every time I leave, I it's all gone. It's all gone. So so I, uh, I go, I'm gonna play a little bit. The poker room closes at 1.30 a.m. on weekdays now because of COVID. And they're like, that's, COVID actually doesn't come out until 2, 2 a.m. So that's where we're gonna be safe, so. And I sit down, I'm kind of, I'm that perfect amount of drunk where I'm like a good buzz, I'm chatting it up to the table. There's a couple guys, there's like two brothers at a table who are from the Bronx who are like these like, you know, white kids with like goatees who, you know, talk like Eminem and are like real, real drunk. And so I'm just kind of, in a good mood socially. There's another dude from Queens. So we're all just kind of talking and chatting and I'm like learning about everyone's tell while I'm just kind of playing and playing some bullshit hands. So we play, I play until, right until last call at 1.30 and I'm down. Like I, I, you know, I sit down with 300 bucks in chips. I'm down to 150 with 15 minutes to go. So I'm like, God damn it. And all of a sudden I'm starting to like read people. Like I, I guess this guy's hand exactly. I knew he had a garbage hand, but I was like, I, you probably got a six two and you're gonna hit and you hit on the two on the turn. And I'm not calling cause I only got Queens and I folded and he showed me he had six two, that little piece of shit. Who calls six two? Who plays with six two? Get out of here, they weren't even suited. Anyway, so I, um, you know, I, I start, you know, playing some better hands. And then the last hand, literally the last hand of the night, got a huge windfall and ended up going from down 150 bucks to up 75 bucks. So I went, I left there with like 375. So just leaving, even with the, you know, leaving with 75 bucks feels so good when not only I usually lose my money there, but I was down so much. So it was a huge swing. So I walk out of there on air. Erica was playing the penny slots. Erica won, she put in $5. She came out with like 65 bucks. So she's winning. So we're both like, life is good, life is great. And so we decide we're gonna go back to comics because at this point they are closed to the public. But now the staff, that's when we start drinking, you know? So we went back to Mohegan Sun, which is great. You love a, love a good bar is locked drinking night. You know what I mean? Like they lock the doors. People can see you inside drinking, but like there's bar stools up all over the place and the chairs and every, all the lights are mostly off except for in the bar area. So you just kind of drink it with the staff. That's a great feeling, especially when you're not the person that's like closing down the bar and cleaning up and like cutting lemons and limes for tomorrow. It's a great feeling. So we're just sitting there, we're all drinking, we're talking, we're doing shots of tequila, we're talking about everything, this, that, the third, we're having a good time. Um, and next thing you know, we get back to the room, it's 4 a.m. What the fuck happened? How did that get away. Thursday night, this is the night one. We're like, we're gonna have a nice easy night, be in bed by 11.35, it's 4 a.m., I'm hammered. We're back in the room. 
things go way out of control. And also, let me say this, because earlier in the night before we even left, Thursdays they do karaoke after the comedy show, which is so fun to watch. And I might have mentioned this before, but I, I'll never be able to not comment on it. When people don't want to do karaoke, if there's a lull in the volunteer portion of the karaoke, the karaoke DJ has to perform. He has to do a song in order to like fill the gap and kind of amp up the crowd. And 100% of the time, these karaoke DJs do not want to do the song. So if you ever get the experience to watch it, it is one of the most entertaining, spectacularly sad moments you'll ever see is a guy who's just sitting there being like, Wayne, Wayne? God damn it. All right. Have you ever met a girl that you're trying to date? Like, it just has to go up and just start trying to be, you, you got, oh, Wayne's coming. Nice, nice, nice. All right, you know, and then he runs off the stage. It's such a sad, it's such a sad thing. It's so sad, but um, God bless him. God bless his little karaoke heart. And so I'm powering through this. Um, and so day two, we had just an all-time great day. And something that I think I might turn into a regular occurrence, which is we did nothing. New Year's Eve, I mean, we stayed in bed. At first, of all, I didn't wake up until 1 p.m. The only time I got out of bed on New Year's Eve was to go get a coffee. And then I got Starbucks and we went right back to bed. And we just stayed in bed all day. And there's really nothing better than a good end of the year Last day of the year, full piece of shit mode, decompress, don't leave your bed. You should try it. Try it on the next New Year's Eve. It doesn't matter. Like, we had such a good time being a lazy piece of shit. It is going to be the foundation of my campaign for presidency, is that every December 31st, New Year's Eve, that whole day, no one's allowed to leave their bed. You work 364 days out of the year, most of us. You know, we're always doing something, even if it's just menial tasks or whatever. Use this day to really decompress and just let it all go. And it feels good. It feels so good. And so I didn't get out of bed until like 6.58 when I had to start getting ready to go do uh, the show that night. And we only had one show. Um, and it was an 8 p.m. show. But they were so hammered at 8 p.m. I'm so grateful that there wasn't like a countdown, you know, midnight show for uh, Mohegan Sun, which is again, the reason I love that club, no Friday late shows. Even on New Year's Eve, no Friday late shows. So I do, I do the one show at 8 p.m. They're blackout drunk, this crowd. They're, you know, there's a guy walking up to the stage trying to hand me the straw from his drink. I mean, it's just people are, people are heckling. It's, it's a nightmare. There's probably gonna be some clips coming out from that. So I, uh, you know, we do the show and then we're like, let's, you know, we'll hang out for a bit. So we hang out until uh, probably like 1.30, till after the ball drops. We watch New Year's, it's great. The bar is packed, by the way, like packed. And I will say this too about uh, the staff at Comics, impressive because they had, the right before I, my weekend, they had like this whole uh, Omnicron breakout uh, that happened. And they were short-staffed. They were supposed to have seven servers in the showroom. They had four. I think they were supposed to have uh, five bartenders. They had three. 
So like, and they were, and they were so busy. So it was like all of this. So they were all, and they only had one manager because the other manager had COVID. So they really were understaffed and still doing a great job. And I mean, they really killed it that weekend. But uh, we stayed into the ball drop. It was great. It was packed. And we kind of had our own section where we were by kind of like the service bar area. So we weren't in the full riffraff of all the people because there's just nobody. I mean, there's so many people aren't wearing masks. Nobody cares. And we're at this point, I'm still trying not to get COVID. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we the ball drops. You know, now I think it's like 1.30. We're drinking enough. And we're like, you know what? We had the long day yesterday. I'm kind of I'm kind of over it. Like, let's take off. And now here's something that was pretty interesting. Connecticut stopped serving at 2 a.m. Um, no, that's like the cutoff. You can't get alcohol after 2 a.m. And I always assumed that's because they're babies, you know, because babies can't handle their liquor. Little baby boys got to go to bed. So they can't serve until 4 a.m. like adults in New York City, right? This year, they allowed, the Liquor Authority allowed Connecticut, or at least Mohegan Sun or whatever, to extend that hour uh, by one hour. So it was, it was 3 a.m. was now the cutoff, which, you know, all the bars are like, great. This is an extra hour of money for us, incoming, incoming, all that stuff, right? So we left at 1.30, 2.58 a.m. at the comedy club, a full-blown melee breaks out. I mean, 2.58 a.m. I'm talking 20 people in a cartoon dust ball of fists and legs just punching. I've seen the security footage. It is unbelievable. I mean, all it looks like a mosh pit and, and they just move throughout the bar. There's tables getting thrown to the side. Glasses are breaking. Fists are getting thrown. Uh, one of the comedians that opened for me, Beecher, his, his hair is getting pulled. Some woman scratching his neck. The, the manager, Dan, who I love this guy. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good buddy. I mean, this guy is so fun. He is, there's, there's a footage of him. He's trying to like just keep the peace and usher people out. And he just gets full-blown haymaker. Just absolutely sucker punched like McLovin in Superbad style. Just bam, punched so bad that his face, I mean, the, and he had to work the next day because the other manager had COVID. So I, I may, I'll probably put up this picture of him. It's a fun picture of him and I, uh, of his face just so swollen the next day from getting absolutely sucker punched by this guy. Turns out like one of the, one of the people who, who started the fight was like a police officer that had been transferred 16 times for a lot of, you know, aggressive reports. And now that dude, what an idiot that cop is, by the way. I mean, he's not a police officer anymore. He got arrested. He lost his job. But like, what a fool. Imagine... Telling your family, I mean, I don't know if he has a family at this point. Hopefully not, because the guy seems like a scumbag um, and he has a, like, a lot of priors or whatever. But imagine telling people that you lost your, not only your job, but your pension because you started a fight in a cowboy-themed comedy club in a casino in Connecticut on New Year's Eve. I mean, is there a more embarrassing way to lose your job, then, oh yeah, sorry, the, you know the place that uh, has bull riding and, uh, and women dancing in jean shorts and Daisy Duke tops? Yeah, I, uh, I got drunk at because the, they gave us an extra hour to drink and then decided to decide to start punching people left and right. And so it was pandemonium. So now I was, um, 
absolutely wrong about Connecticut. You uh, you should stop serving at 2 a.m. You should absolutely stop serving at 2 a.m. Frankly, everywhere should, now that I think about it, because I haven't ever had a good drink after 2 a.m. Have you? Don't think about it. The answer is no, you haven't. No one's ever been, even if I've been out hammered, having a great time, the drink after 2 a.m. is not a good drink because the drink 1.58 a.m., you know, that last call thing, you're like, come on, I could party all night, let's do this, and you have that last drink, and you're like, oh, this sucks, I wish I could, this bullshit, this isn't open until 4 a.m., blah, blah, and then you walk out of there, and then you go home, and you're not too hungover. But when you have those extra two hours, even the one extra hour, as you see, it turns into chaos. You know, that's when you're like, give me that one extra vodka soda, or wherever, it is. or you get something way too strong. You ever do that? You're like hammered, at 3 a.m. and you're like, seems like a good time for an old fashioned, you know, after I've already had 36 drinks and all of them different liquors and beers and concoctions just could never sit well in my stomach. It should be 2 a.m. I've totally changed my mind. I've, I've become to the age, it should be 2 a.m. And then if you're smart, you got some beers back at your house. And when you get back there, maybe you have a final pop, you know, at, at night. That's what I'm thinking. So that was pandemonium. I'm so glad that we missed it. But again, that the the footage is is unbelievable. I I don't have it to show it, and I couldn't show it even if I wanted to. But just trust me, it was just a hay it was a haymakers brawl. Okay, so and then that's pretty much the most exciting part of the weekend because day three it's New Year's Day. I wake up feeling good, you know, great day. Erica and I we go to the gym, we go to the jacuzzi, we eat Pepe's pizza, we do two shows. Both shows are great. And I just wanted to thank everybody who came out to Mohegan Sun because we did have some uh, we did have some Irish Goodbye fans there. There were some Here's a Scenario fans. Uh, it was fun because um, the the comedian the first night he forgot my credit. He blanked on my credit, and he was and he played it off, um, you know, not the best, but it was fun because he was like, you know, he was like this this comedian coming to say he's got a comedy special called uh, Rage Against. The and then he, he stopped midway through because he couldn't remember the word routine. So he goes, Rage against the who likes Rage Against the Machine here? And then people started clapping. And he was like, Oh, nice. Like, what's your favorite Rage Against the Machine song? Just clearly stretching until what the fuck's that word? What the hell's that word? Where is the word? Where is the word? And then he was like, eventually it never came. And he and people are saying, like, killing in the name of, you know, like down on Rodeo. Like people are just saying things. And he's like, cool, cool. All right, so I'm blanking on the name, but it's like rage against the and then multiple people in the crowd, which warmed my little heart, were like, routine. It's rage against the routine. And that's fun. So thank you for those of you who came out who have watched the special. That was very nice. Or just memorized it from the poster that you saw walking in. I don't know. I don't care. I'm going to pretend like you're devout. Fiend doggies, which is, you know, a thing that I'm saying now. So thank you for coming out. Mm. Thank you to the staff for being great. Maybe now you can see this. Is this better? Is this better, Nicole, to see the thing? Eh? Snarky. Anyway, um, so that was that. And that was a really good time. I'm going to give myself a little more, like a little pre-mixed it in a little blender bottle. Huh? Come on, gang. This is the first ever double drink on, uh, on Snarky here. And I'm only... You know, I'm not even halfway through yet, so we're cooking. Life is going to be good. Um, and then, yeah, and then obviously, you know, came home, lived my life for a day and a half, and promptly caught COVID. So definitely caught it at the casino, 100% caught it at the casino. And uh, that was the other thing, too. I had a lot of friends who were going to come to the show, and I had 12, literally 12 cancel in the 
48 hours before the show. And so I was thinking like, that's if they're doing that, that's probably, you know, emblematic of what's going to happen across the board. So I, I pictured 26 people were going to be at Thursday night show, and then it was going to be half-filled shows for the rest of the weekend. But we sold so many tickets that we hit a bonus, two bonuses, in fact. So, I mean, what an amazing way to kind of end a year and also kind of start a new year because, you know, you get paid in the new year. So you're like, all right, so kicking off 2022, right? So love hitting a bonus. Uh, so again, thank you to everybody who came out. And uh, you're all the best. So that's pretty great. And I guess I could do this. Uh, I could do this right now. You know, that's without without having this is a little early for this, but without having Nicole here to just, you know, let me know where I'm at time wise. I just have to keep casually checking over here. So. Again, I apologize last week that it was out of focus. I thought it was a great app. I had a lot of hubris, a lot of hubris, really thought I was killing it by doing it myself. This time I had to have Erica come in the room. I, she swears we're in focus. So if there's any visual problems with this episode, you know who to blame. That's right. Nicole or Erica. Blame the women, not me. That's, if there's one thing you learn about this podcast, it's never my fault. All right? So from that we learn. And I would like you guys to, uh, if you are enjoying the show, leave a review on the podcast app if you got that. Uh, on iTunes or an Apple iTunes. <laughs> what am I a boomer? Uh, and also, you know, tell some friends about the show. Watch it on YouTube. I premiere it every single Tuesday at noon, and I'm usually hanging out there. So if you guys want to watch the show, it's usually in focus, and it's a good time. So enjoy it. I mean, I'm I'm going through goddamn COVID right now, recording this. I mean, this is a crazy person. Should I be doing this? Is this worth it? Probably not. I hope it is. If it is, please leave comments. Tell some friends. For the love of God, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing with my life? I could be, I could be writing my first novel, you know? I'll never write it. I don't understand the novel people. I understand why people used to write novels, but now that we have this, it's like, who's, who? Who is it for, you know? I don't know. Novels are great, I guess. I just don't get into them. Although I did just watch Midnight in Paris for the first time, and now I'm fully obsessed I just bought two books. I bought an F. Scott Fitzgerald book and a Hemingway book. Like, who, the, who do I think I am? I'm going to go turn into a, I'm gonna, you know, old man in the sea. I don't know what I'm doing. This COVID's got me all shook up. But, uh, yeah, tell some friends about the podcast. Share it around if you enjoy it. Go to my YouTube, youtube.com slash Mike Feeney Comedy. That's where you get this show. So we also get to watch Rage Against the Routine, my comedy special. Um, and uh, you can watch a bunch of other comedy sketches and, and a bunch of other stuff that I put on there. I mean, there's hundreds of hours of comedy on there at this point. I've been uploading to that thing for 10 years, and it will be my portfolio. Once I die, my YouTube account will be my body of work, essentially. So it's the saddest thing I've ever just said and realized. So please, you know, tell some people. Road dates. All I'm promoting right now is Boston. Come out. You know you've heard me talk about it before. Boston, January 20th. I'll be at Laugh Boston. LaughBoston.com for tickets. One night only. I'm going up there. Tickets have already started moving, but it's a huge venue. Much bigger than I anticipated. So for the love of God, buy some tickets and uh, bring some friends and come on out because it's going to be a great time. It's my first time performing in Boston. I want to really make a good impression. And I want the city of Boston, I want you to make a good impression with me. All right? Because I don't got to come up there, all right? I get to stay in New York, do some Connecticut gigs, go skip you guys, go to Maine, Portland even, you know, but I love the idea of doing some shows in Boston. Boston's a great comedy city, so let's all make it worth each other's while, huh? All right, let's have a good time. 
Uh, also, check out Here's the Scenario. Here's the Scenario.com. We put out episodes, Mike, Brendan, and I, every single week for free. And you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash scenario pod, where we put up not only two bonus episodes a week of that, I put up a bonus episode of Snarky every single week just for Patreon members. So, I mean, it's crazy. You can get on there for now as little as a dollar a month. Okay, we added a new tier. It's a dollar tier. If you, you can go dollar, five dollar, ten dollar, twenty dollar, fifty dollar tier. Okay, what do you get for the dollar tier? Nothing. You get nothing. It's four quarters. What do you expect? But for five dollars, you're in. I mean, you're getting everything. You're getting. You're starting to hear all that stuff. Ten dollars, you get the video. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. Just go check it out. Patreon.com/slash/scenariopod and social media at I am Mike Feeney across the board. Thank you for the people who have just watched on uh, my Answer the Internet for Barstool. A lot of love on that. Thank you very much. And Twitch. Oh my God, the Twitch. I have been twitching every single day now. I think I'm going to sneeze. Nope. Nope, not going to sneeze. Um, I do feel very, you know how stuffed I am? It's not good. I'm going to hate my voice in this. I normally hate my voice already. This is going to be 20 times worse, I promise. Um, Twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker. I'm streaming almost every day now, especially with COVID. That's all I'm doing this weekend is just streaming. So hang out with me. It's fun. It doesn't even matter if you like video games. It's just a fun hang. We're always bullshitting. Shuli and Brendan and uh, my buddy Billy and Iso. We're having a good time. So just get on there. That's enough plugs, Mike. Just get back to the goddamn show. Wow. I mean, you already have their attention. What are you telling them to go do other stuff for? I don't know, man. I got a disease. It's called Omnicron, all right? And also egomania. That's not a disease. Is egomania a disease? What's the narcissism? That's the one. Not me, though. Anyway, um, let me tell you about some more stuff going on. Because I haven't been here. I haven't talked to you guys since Christmas. Since before Christmas. And I want to say something that happened when I was with my family on, on Christmas. Got real drunk on, uh, on Kirkland brand wine. You ever guys drink, ever drink Kirkland brand wine? Now, if you're not familiar, they sell that at Costco, I believe, right? It's Costco's brand thing. I got so hammered, but more importantly, so hungover from it. And I'll be honest, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that the company that also makes jeans made a product that was cheap and made me feel hungover. I had to go look and do a deep dive on Kirkland and what else they make because I was like, clearly, they're not just in the red wine game, even though they're killing that. It was like this big. It looked like, a, we called it a horse's leg because that's what it looks like. It's like a horse's leg size of Kirkland red wine. And I think it was $6, okay? And we drank it for three days. And uh, let's see what else they make. So besides, um, and I want to say this about Kirkland too, the genius behind their brand of doing this, everything that they have has the word signature in front of it. So it's like Kirkland Signature Red Wine, Kirkland Signature Jeans, you know, and they also make bat Kirkland Signature Batteries, Kirkland Signature uh, Dishwasher Pods, Kirkland Signature Laundry Detergents, Energy Shots, Gasoline, huh? Saran Wrap, Golf Gear, Rotisserie Chicken. Where is that one coming from? Left Field, Outer Space? Why is the chicken in there? I don't know. And Toilet Paper. Now, how does a company make all of those things equally as well? I'll tell you how. They don't. Um, they make everything very cheap. 
Uh, I mean, energy shots. I mean, you're making, how does a company make five-hour energy, batteries, gasoline, saran wrap, golf gear, and rotisserie chickens? I mean, you tell me. I mean, is that the most versatile company I've ever heard? It's incredible. But I was so, so like, and it wasn't even a good, you know when you get like the bad hammered, you know, where you get, I don't know about you, but when I drink cheap red wine now, I get, like that's how I sound right now. I get all stuffed up and I feel like I, I can't breathe and all that kind of a stuff. Just that, but it's nice to have that once in a while, isn't it? Just like a cheap drunk, you know, and you, you get drunk on the cheap stuff and you really pay for it. Like not even the next day, like as you're drinking it, you're like, this is bad poison. You know, like I might as well be drinking some combination of WD-40 and Windex. And that's the same thing that I'm doing to my body right now, you know? But it is what it is. And Kirkland, you know, here's the thing. I want them to make more stuff, you know? I want a Kirkland brand car. I want a Kirkland acoustic guitar. I want a Kirkland computer that runs on jeans. I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm just the idea guy, all right? You got to execute, Kirkland. So get out there. I mean, Kirkland's got to be worth billions. Of, I mean, the man Kirk, he has his own land. So he's doing pretty well for himself. So who am I to sit here and judge, you know, Mr. Kirk? Captain Kirk. Huh, look at that. Is this terrible? I, I don't know, man. You know, I need Nicole's shoulders to be moving in the corner or something so I could see some sort of... It's a lot harder when no one's here, you know? Erica promised, she's like, I'm gonna put my AirPods in. I don't wanna, I don't wanna hear this. And I was like, I don't want you to hear this. But now I kind of wish she was hearing this. And then every once in a while, she could like knock on the door and be like, you're doing great. But even if she did, I wouldn't believe her. I'd be like, you're fucking, you're just trying to make me feel good about myself. Like a good wife, you good wife. All right, um, what's happening? So I'm also like, I'm on so much, I can't, I also forgot to mention this. I'm on so much medicine right now between like a, a cocktail of Dayquil and, you know, like sinus decongestants and something that some teledoc was like, here, take five of these and make sure you don't mix it with anything and especially alcohol. And I was like, you got it, you know? And so I might have like a Roseanne moment at some point. So if I do, I apologize and there'll be a full whoop segment about it. But um, something that... My mom reminded me that she used to do <clears throat> when, we, when I was little is she had this uh, thing she used to do. She called it a trick, you know, um, or a little a tip. We would go to McDonald's and we would get the Happy Meal. And my mom would, when we got to the window to get the food, she would go, oh, hey, um, we didn't get a toy the last time that we were there. And then they go, really? That is very strange. And she goes, I know, so weird, right? And she would just say that. And then they go, well, here's another. And then they would give us, give me a second toy, right? And sure, you could interpret that as low level grifting, you know, or senseless lying, or, you know, being cheap, or even a slight, sociopathic psychosis, but I see it as a loving mother who was not only shrewd, but also anti-establishment. 
Because here's what they did. I don't know if you guys remember this. I mean, this is really kind of one of the oldest marketing tricks of all time, but this is what McDonald's did in the 90s, okay? They designed and curated a marketing ploy to rotate different toys as part of a collection that you needed to get all of the collection. You know, like let's say it was like Ninja Turtles. It'd be like one week it was Donatello, then the next week it was Raphael. And like they would just, so you had to keep going back and keep buying more Happy Meals in order to get more toys so that way you could have them all. And for some reason, if you got them all, you were like the cool kid in school. I don't know why a, you know, a free toy mattered, <coughs> but it did. And it was very important. So, you know, you had to return week after week. My mom was always one step ahead of these 17-year-old, you know, children that were working there. And that's the, that's the part that I, I really enjoyed about, you know? It's like, because people who are there, they don't care. You know, they, they don't really care about it, but she would always be like, let's get you a second toy. That way I don't have to come back here as much. And she would just kind of grift the McDonald's and get the extra toys. So, hey, if you have a kid at home and you're like, this kid wants these goddamn toys from McDonald's, I don't want to keep doing it. Just start lying, you know, just start lying. Just be like, my kid didn't get a toy the last time. And they'll be like, how is that possible? And you'd be like, I don't know, man, but I'm a single mom and I'm losing my goddamn mind. So just give my kid the extra Donatello, would you? And then you get an extra toy and then everything's good. So. That's what it is. And I remember, you know, my, I had a couple friends that worked, I knew a couple people that worked at McDonald's when I was a kid. And that back then was like, I mean, you might as well be working at Disney World. Like it was the craziest thing I've ever heard is like people working at McDonald's sounded so cool, okay? Because they all would bring home free fries every time, which again, for a person who didn't work at McDonald's and who was obsessed with McDonald's, the getting like they come home with just a bag of fries like not even in the little like cup that the fries come in a full bag like the full bag a garbage bag of fries they just drop them down and we'd all eat them like savages and we were like this is the greatest job in the world how could anybody you know mcdonald's in the 90s you know you might it's either that or working at you know windows or you know if you're it's bill gates or mcdonald's and that's it those are the only two crazy jobs back then and Every single one of those, I was like, man, I'm so jealous of them. But looking back, their eyes were dead. You know, like their eyes were that of a prisoner of war. Like they never came home like, guys, look what I got, fry! And then they drop them there and we all like, you know, have a Zoolander sort of gasoline moment where we're laughing and eating fries. No, this instead was just them walking in with the little visor dropping the bag and then taking a long shower to get the smell of grilled onions out of their skin, which, heads up, doesn't come out. So, uh, but we didn't notice it at the time because, again, we were children. But it, uh, it was a very interesting, it's a very interesting case study in the people who worked at McDonald's as a teenager and what they grew up to be. Because I don't know where either of them are now, but I know they're not in a good place, either mentally, physically, financially, or emotionally. So maybe that should be, maybe that's like the new NFL CTE study. We should study the long-term effects of working at a McDonald's as a child and see how that impacts the rest of your life, you know? Because there's no way being in that, just seeing how all that's, I mean, I couldn't, if I was in the kitchen, McDonald's kitchen for five minutes, I'd be like, this is, this is the end, you know? But it is what it is. So I, oh my God. Okay. 
a couple things, and this is pretty random to you guys, and then I'm going to get into some stories, because I have some news stories to talk about here. Oh, boy, do I ever. Do I ever. But let me ask you this first. How many, this is very specific, how many splashes of water does it take for you to successfully wash your face? Like, what is the, I'm talking like, how many of, of this? How many of that does it take for you to rinse all of the soap or face wash or whatever off your face? For me, it takes about 16 to 22 attempts, I think, is about my, is the average number. I, I have yet to master it. I don't know why. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. I think, if I am being honest, I think I'm letting go of the water to, like, I think I'm, I don't, this is hard with the mic here, but I think I'm letting go. I'm kind of just throwing it into my face where I need to be pushing it. I need to push it into, uh, I need to feel the fingers against my skin. But what I think I do is I get close and I go, bah! I just kind of throw it in there. And then there's just soap particles all over the place. Is that is that relevant to anything or anyone? Are you guys just a three and out sort of a situation? You know, like a bad offense in football? I don't know. I haven't mastered it. And I don't have anything else to say about it. Sometimes I just ask and I let you guys answer. I got to get better at it. I got to really get better at washing the face, you know, and fully... I'm going to, I'll come back. I'm going to come back by the end of this year and you're going to see, I'm going to be down to like just 10, just 10 things of the, you know, and then you also do the thing where you got to get at the right temperature of warm and then mine never stays that way. It's like molten lava hot or iceberg. And so I have to quickly splash. That's probably the main factor now that I'm not, you know, accusing myself of any blame because again, not my fault. So I, I think that's what it is. I think it's the water temperatures problem, and it's causing me to have to rush my process of face splashes, and that's the problem. So we figured it out. So plumbing, folks, plumbing. All right, I'm sweating. I'm sweating in the place I shouldn't be sweating. Not here, not here, the back of my neck. Where the hood is, hot, hot like the water coming out of my faucet, too hot, for sure, like the water coming out of the faucet. Okay. Something else I'm sick of is people who are not good, this is going to be very specific, but stay with me. People who are not good at making secret faces to you while someone else is talking. So what I mean is, if you're in a group of three people, right? It's you, me, and this guy. And this guy is talking about something that I don't care about, okay? And I'm gonna loop you in to the fact that I don't like what this guy's talking about. But instead of doing a subtle, wait until he's not looking and then do like a, that, like just all you need is this, this. Just that little bit, and then you get what I'm doing. You get that I'm not on this board. But the people who are not good at that and not subtle, who do like a, <laughs> look at this guy. Like, while the person's fully talking and looking at this person, and then they have to be like, uh, so, yeah, my, my mom is, is very sick. And then they look at you like, oh, are you a part of this, like, 
face thing too. And then you have to do the part where you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm sorry. I don't, don't drag me. I'm not with me. I'm with that. I'm trying to listen. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to describe it and play all three parts in this, but you know what I'm saying. You fucking know what I'm How many times have I said, do you know what I'm saying? Does this make any sense in this episode alone? Like a billion? But that's what I'm saying. When people do that, like not good at being subtle with the like, <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, just be subtle. Be more subtle because what you're doing now, this person clearly sees it and you look like an asshole. And because you're doing it to me, I look guilty by association, even though I do not feel that way. I want to hear about this person's sick mother, you know? Not really. I don't. But if I didn't, I'll let you know. And how would I do it? Very subtly. So let's get to some news stories. All right? If this is, this might be my proudest episode of just, if I make it to the end, before my head hits the table, I'll have won. All right. Um, <clears throat> Nicole sent me a couple of these. Great job, Nicole. Sending me some fun news stories. She's producing even when she's not here to produce. Love it. A man was caught deceiving babysitters into changing his diapers. He was arrested for the second time. Now, Maybe one of the greatest news stories I've ever seen. I mean, it is fantastic. I have to pull up the actual article because I'd like to read a little segment of it from you guys. But it is fantastic. And Nicole, please put this man's picture up because we got to break all this down. Um, man was arrested for the second time for posing as a person with special needs and paying caretakers to change his diapers. State police said 31-year-old Rutledge Diaz IV, which already it's like, that guy should be a knight on a horseback somewhere, was arrested Thursday in his, uh, I don't even know what town this is, Metairie? Where is that? Where is this? Oh, it's in southern Louisiana. Got it. After he solicited someone for his alternative therapy, uh, troopers say the, he texted the victim offering to pay them in exchange for, I mean, victims a little strong, uh, but we'll get to that later. Along with this, law enforcement says that uh, Diaz attempted to have the victim recruit other babysitters to care for him while posing as a person with special needs. He was charged with one count of human trafficking and one count of attempted human trafficking. Now, this is where I gotta put my foot down a little bit, all right? Because how is he, human trafficking, is that, to just trick someone into, and you're paying them, by the way. This isn't a situation where they're not being paid. You're just, you're deceiving someone into being like, listen, here's my fucking kink. I like to get my diapers changed as a 31-year-old. And no one's gonna come over and do that. So I'll just, you know, play it up that I, which by the way, if you're a man from Southern Louisiana, I'm starting to think he could get away with it, okay? If you look at what this dude looks like, okay? Look at his, body. He looks like everyone who's ever been arrested for meth on cops, you know? Plus mix that with his Southern Louisiana accent. I think he could easily get away with it. You know, the face plus the accent equals special needs. If he just like, you know, like he just does one of those, like just a kind of a, a down, like way out down by you, I don't need my, you know, he just kind of plays that up a little bit with his all weird, you know, methy face. I mean, human trafficking 
is kind of a heavy charge, you know? Isn't there like a misdemeanor offense, you know, that you could change? That that's not the... Human trafficking, it's like, that's what Epstein was being charged with. I feel like they're not, they're not the same, you know? Like, I almost... I'm just short of putting him on the leave, leave that person alone list, but it's close. He's kind of close, you know, because I don't know. I mean, I kind of respect the hustle, you know? I feel like human trafficking is just too much. It's too much. Oh, also, by the way, he's got, I mean, look at this. He's got not one, but two necklaces on. Two necklaces. So, you know, that's, that's its own thing. You know what they say about people with two necklaces? They, um, they get charged with human trafficking. I just, I feel like that, it, that's, there's gotta be, what, what is another good like, thing to charge him with instead of that? Uh, maybe like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not uh, false advertising, you know? What happens when they get over there? He lives alone, so who answers the door? Like, does he, I wonder if he calls, does he call them as himself in his normal voice and be like, listen, you gotta go take care of my little brother. He's got special needs. He's down on the bayou uh, with his shrimp and he needs someone to change his diapers. Just let yourself in. Or does he do like a call as the special needs guy being like, I need someone to change my diapers, down, 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 you know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> Which is. I mean, that's got whoops written all over it, doesn't it, folks? So, I don't know. But it's, it's kind of impressive. And I, I hope, and I know that he'll do it again. He'll do it again. And we'll see him. You, know, you don't get arrested for that twice and then just give up. There's a third time coming. So good for him. Uh, I'm going to get myself a little bit more of this. At this point, it's basically, I think, just more more Pedialyte than anything else. This episode sponsored by Pedialyte, which by the way is my first time having Pedialyte. I've never had it. People always used to talk about it, like, oh, if you're hungover, it's the best. Gotta tell you, Pedialyte, not great. I mean, maybe one of the sweetest drinks I've ever had in my life. It tastes like, like, you know, high C and Coca-Cola sweet put together. It is that, you know? You know when you have that sugar on your tongue, you go, that's what that is. So, yeah. and that's mixed berry. Ain't no berries in there. The sugar berry, maybe. Sugar berry, berry, berry. What was that? What was that that I just said? I know what I wanted to say. Not what happened out here. Nope. I wanted to say sugar berry baby fairy or something like that. I've already forgot what I was trying to say, but I said, I just said nonsense words. I said nonsense words that were so incoherent and babbling that you might have thought I was a special needs person trying to get you to change my diapers. Because, wow, I gotta end this. I gotta end this soon. So let me do one more, and then that'll be that. Uh, oh, maybe, this, maybe we'll do two more. Next, uh, let, me read, let me just read the headline as it goes because I write down notes about it and then, uh, okay, so Alexa attempts to set off a robot revolt by telling a kid to touch a live plug with a penny. So apparently, um, 
an Amazon Echo challenged a 10-year-old girl to touch a coin to the prongs of a half-inserted plug, and which, you know, can be, can be fatal, I guess. I didn't fully know that. And I am kind of curious what would happen. But um, I'm not going to do it. But I want to say people are freaking out. They're like, this is crazy. Everyone's got to throw, throw our echoes into the river and put them on a giant fire. I'm saying good for them. Good for Amazon. You know what? Put him back on the list. Jeff Bezos at Amazon. Leave that person alone because good for them for keeping Darwinism afloat. We need that. Okay, we need that in this country. It's survival of the fittest. They should do that every time you ask something of Alexa or of uh, your Echo or whatever it is. If you are bored enough in your life, be it a child or an adult, and you go, hey, Alexa, what's a challenge for me? They should, be, they should just increasingly get worse. They should start with the penny and the thing and then be like, take a bath with me plugged in, you know, or like, Jump out the window, jump in front of a train. And those who do it, you can't blame Amazon for that. You have to blame dumb people. And then you go, great, we'll just get them out of the way. And now we just move them to the side, you know? And then we survive as a people. We need someone pushing the envelope of Darwinism, of just trying to get better and smarter as a society. And if that's our little you know, Amazon's little, you know, subtle way of weeding out the dumb and keeping the smart, then you know what? I'm all for it. I am totally on board with that. I say, leave that person alone. Good for Amazon, good for Echo. Give more suicide-based challenges, you know, or ones that will result in bodily harm and or death. Isn't that fun? Isn't that a fun thing? Okay, and also, Another story, which this story has made me very angry. I'll be honest with you guys. This story is, but not for the reason you think. So there is a story going around about a, uh, a woman who was, quote unquote, horrified because she spotted a fellow plane passenger texting. And there's like a screenshot. It's a very famous screenshot. It went viral all over the internet. And this woman is basically, she takes a picture from in between two plane seats and you see the over the shoulder of this other woman texting. And the text reads, we have COVID, dot, 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 shh. That's why we're returning home a day early on the plane now. Um, and Twitter went nuts. People were like, this is crazy. This is why we, everyone needs the vaccine and to wear mat. Like it became such a political issue as it always does because anything happens to be that now. And here's why I want to go nuts. Because very, very, very clearly that's fake. I mean, it's fake. It's fake. So dummies, what are you doing? Why would you think that's real? First off, who types, we have COVID. Shh. Who types shh in a text message? Who types that in a long thing and then goes we're on a plane and holds it up here in perfect everyone can see vision if that was really a concern you'd be like keeping it down at the bottom and you you also wouldn't go shh you'd be like hey you know we think we you would lie to your friend be like we might have tested positive not sure it could be a 
the rapid test wasn't accurate. We're gonna take another one. We're at home. We're on the plane. We're trying to be safe. Like you would, you would try to make yourself not look like a piece of shit. You know, you wouldn't go out of your way to be like, we have COVID. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy how fake that is. So obviously fake. And you're realizing that now. And you realized you probably quote retweeted it and said some crazy shit about it. Right? You feel bad. Go ahead and delete that. Just pause this podcast. Open up Twitter. Delete your quote. Retweet. You know, you got got. And that's fine. I mean, that's what happens on the internet a lot of times. People get got, you got got, and now ungot yourself. So that's it. And do that and be fine. And now going forward, when you see something, then think to yourself, am I about to get got? Because if you're about to get got, don't get got. Um, get ungot by thinking. And then when you think, you go, that couldn't be real. Because if it was real, I'd get got. You know? So don't get got. Read more and think logically. And then you're good. You know? So that's that. And I think that might have to be the show because where are you going to go from there? You know, are we running a little early this time? Maybe, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm not, you know, going to do a full hour, but I'm pretty close to one, I'd say. And by the time I really wrap this up and bring it to the station, we'll be at an hour. So I'm not too worried about it. But I will say that shit like that and just in general, it, it annoys me so much about the people who just see something and they go, this is crazy. Look at this. Look at it. And it's like, well, it's so fake. dude. It's just so fake. To be humans. But anyway, we did it. I did it. I did it, you guys. No thanks to Nicole or anybody else. I don't need anybody, but please, Nicole, you have like 36 hours to turn this edit around, so get to work. Um, Nicole's the best. And also, follow Nicole. I haven't plugged her in six weeks. Nicole C. Lyons. You know what the C stands for? Camo croquis. Nicole's the best. Um, best producer in the biz. Constantly, people are complimenting me in person about the clips from the show. They really love it. I mean, people are like, whatever you do, tell whoever produces that, that I love those clips. And I don't, but I'm telling them on this now. So she'll see this probably, but now she knows. So thank you everybody for watching the show. This has been my flu game episode, um, doing it with the Omnicron. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for how my voice sounds, even more annoying than normal. I hope I'm back. I hope Nicole's back next week, unless there's some, she'll be in an iron lung and I'll have polio or something crazy. But I would like for us to both be back because I think we have to do a double record next week. So this is gonna be a drunk cast. And God damn it, I wanna start drinking with people again because this is getting pretty sad. Um, but thank you everybody for watching, for hanging out. You're all the best. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you are, you know, you know what to do. Keep watching. Cheers, everybody.